you're here on FTP. There's a reason you're here on FTP. You love to play golf. You love to hunt. You love to do whatever. You love to keep it real. That's our newest pod sponsor, BighornGolfer.com. You want to suck less at golf? Get you a launch monitor from BighornGolf.com. Don't take it from me. I'm not on tour anymore. Take it from the GOAT, Tiger Woods. He's got this thing in his house, so it's got to be the shit. While you're out there, check at the top of the line electric push carts to my country clubbers. Make the boys at home jealous. Get your ass on one of those badass golf scooters. They sell hunting bikes, golf scooters, golf bikes. BighornGolfer.com. Check them out. And we can't let that happen. We just can't let that happen on this podcast because we are for the people. At the end of the day, the guy's a hell of a player. Beyond nails. That is the hardest par three of the PJ Tour. It's a, it's a hybrid, three yeah. iron or four iron every day. It's for the people. You're the last group off, off a split tee horseshoe on number 10, and you do a happy Gilmore. What the hell's wrong with that? For the people, here we are. It's uh, four degrees in Lubbock, Texas. Feels like, uh, what, negative 15? It's not much better here in Fort Worth. It is like 12, feels like zero. So... All we could think about to do today was record a mostly pointless podcast. So here we are. What I, what I always like wonder is, I mean, what the, what the hell's the difference between zero and like negative thirty? But is can you feel the difference? But I mean, because from thirty to zero, you can feel a goddamn difference. Some people are like, oh, it's so cold, it doesn't even matter. Like, right? I just think it feels horrible. I mean, wind is the. I mean, we have wind out here in God's country. Wind is the key factor to all. I mean, it can be 28 and the sun's out and it doesn't feel awful. I mean, you don't want to really like be outside sunbathing in your banana hammock. But if it's 34 blowing 30, it's a goddamn disaster Mm -hmm. zone outside. And when it's four blowing 40, additional disaster. (laughs) I mean, that's that is like borderline. Everything is going to be ruined in a couple of days. You know, like that's going to break everything because these in here in Texas, here in even North Texas, West Texas, North Texas, we don't build houses made for this kind of weather. We don't build like sheds around our pool equipment. I don't even have a heater on my pool. And and so I've already this morning, it, we've only been in this like brutally bad cold front for about five hours and my pump to my pool has already gone out. It's already exploded. It's leaking water everywhere. So that's going to freeze. Oh, shit. Yeah. So like now I've got a serious issue. Um, but we just don't build houses made for this. So like I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. We got, we've got faucets on our exterior walls, right? So it doesn't matter how good your insulation of your house is. If you've got faucets on your exterior walls and it gets zero degrees on one side of it, they're going to freeze and explode. Yeah. Like there's nothing you can do about it. So we're just not used to this shit. We're just not. And uh, it's not yeah. welcome. Anyway, we can't play golf in this. Did, well, you could, but you'd be did insane. Did your pool, your pool got all jacked up. Was your filter running the whole time too? And it still froze with your filter running? Well, see, uh, my pool, yeah, we have this like water feature in it and that that pump is fine. So it keeps the water moving. The pump that went out was my Polaris, the deal that cleans the pool. So that thing, that thing's toast. Like it's not moving and it's like leaking water everywhere in my backyard. So I've got to go outside with the damn hose in zero degrees and fill the damn pool up for two hours and hope the water comes out the hose because the hose is completely frozen. So yeah, just a nightmare. We we just don't deal with this, this shit that often. And uh, when it happens, it sucks. So it's only worse where you are, but. 
Uh, y'all, you're all kind of made for it a little bit though out there. Like y'all get really cold weather every year. I mean, it, it's not ideal. My neighbor decided to fire up their sprinklers and it looked like frozen the movie, like Elsa, like shooting ice laser beams out of her cans or some shit. Like it was a total disaster <laughs> zone. I'm pretty sure that they, uh, that was an accident. I don't think they wanted to fire up the sprinklers, uh, because instant, instant frozen situation. As soon as they, uh, hit the, hit the sky yet here we here we are here we are there's dude it's affecting freaking football games i was whatever we got just some thursday night football tonight i saw like 28 degrees snow sleet with 40 mile an hour winds i mean in in your opinion and we're not gamblers no one should listen to us for that but in your opinion when you see that kind of shit do you just like automatically think i should bet the under or is it like bit you in the ass before for sure but you but you also got to know like uh these lines are moving with the money right so it's going to get to a point where the over is attractive if they're going if people are if there's enough money moving on it but yeah i mean i'm a historically terrible gambler um also yesterday on twitter i or sorry two days ago on the tweeter i put out that i loved this stock called core scientific they're a bitcoin mining operation out of austin texas so not investment advice this is not investment advice. I am not a financial professional. My record will definitely uh, tell you that. So I put this tweet out. I was like, man, I love this thing. It's up like 8% today, blah, blah, blah. Literally that night at midnight, they declared bankruptcy 75% down the <laughs> next day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that. If you want gambling advice, you should not listen to FTP. Uh, not going to be our thing. But we did get a new sponsor. Did get a new sponsor. First new sponsor yep. in months. Yep. On FTP, uh, it's actually perfect for FTP. It's a, it's a golf, golf slash hunting slash lifestyle brand. It fits fits great with Live Forever Golf, Gooder. Fits great with their other brands. It's called Bighorn Golfer. They sell the expensive shit. They sell the shit that that you want to buy like once every five years, like launch monitors. Those those fat scooters they have at Blue Jack. And, oh, I love those. I love yeah, those. They sell that kind of stuff, and then we have a we have a discount code for you too. You know what it is? Yeah, I know what it is, but you're you're the man of the people, so you can say it. I don't want to screw well, it up. I'm just looking for my free golf. scooter. Suck less at golf, 150 and that's, that's 15% off. Hey, 15% off of like a $2,000 scooter, that's a lot of money, or $3,000. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. sweet. They'll save you a lot of money. Suck less at golf, 150 Bighorngolfer.com. Yeah, suck less at golf, 150 That's Suck less at golf really has been our trademark here for a while, so I like it. But, dude, those scooters, we've talked about it before. Those scooters are so freaking fun. And that is one thing, like, people are like, oh, I'm going to get a golf cart. I'll drive it through my neighborhood. Like, eh, I would not drive a golf cart through my neighborhood. I would drive my golf cart through my neighborhood if I lived, like, in your neighborhood and I was, like, going to see you. That's when I would drive my golf cart. But, like, that scooter, I would just drive it, like, for the hell of it. Like, my kids are riding their bikes. I'd get on the scooter. I'm not going to ride in a golf I mean, I'm not going to ride in a golf cart. But scooter, 1,000% I'm going to do that. Those things are so fun. So fun. Have you ever had a close call on one of those? Oh yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So the worst problem with the scooter for me, for my personality is, you know, we're always up the group's ass in front of us because they're slow and terrible probably. And even if they're not terrible, they're just slow. So if I get on that scooter, if you're in a golf cart, you're not going to just get in your golf cart and start driving in circles. You look like a serial killer doing that. But in the <laughs> scooter, in the scooter, I'll like, if it's a par five, I'll like zoom 250 yards up there and then like beeline straight back. The problem is you can't see bunkers when you're going backwards. So I James bonded one at Blue Jack into a bunker. Oh, you did. Um, 
Yeah, which isn't ideal. Uh, However, no, not ideal. you got to watch it. Yeah, but you're not going to just sit there. Like, if you're waiting on the scooter, you're going to, like, do some moves. Yeah. Just part of the deal. I couldn't turn left for a while. And it was like I had the yips. So I could only make rights because I couldn't lean into it. I don't know. I like ate shit going left. And then I finally got the hang of it. But I was like, I had to veer right, veer right <laughs> quite, quite a bit. People were like, why are you parked so far off the green? I was like, well, I couldn't veer, make my way left. So I'm just going to park it right here. And then I'll make my way right to the next tee box. But finally got a hang. Anyway, suck less at, suck less at golf uh, 150. Get yourself a nice little code. That's hell of a deal. Yeah, and they, they do they do lots of stuff. I mean, they got launch monitors. I think they're full swing launch monitors. I believe the the same one that Tiger Woods has in his house. So you know they're not shitty. I mean, if the goat has them, they don't suck. So yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. Bighorngolfer.com. Yeah, those those scooters are are a little dicey. I mean, I've I've been down to Blue Jack with you before. I've been on one of those, and after about four or five jackhammers, man, do those things get hard to control because you're already on. Uh, what's the type of grass they have down there that sits up real nice? What's that grass? Oh, called? the Zoysia. Zoysia. You already have Zoysia, so it's it's like straight up. The grass is straight up, and you're driving this really lightweight scooter on it, so you kind of float. You kind of float, and it feels kind of like a hovercraft a little bit. Yeah. And if you're, if you're you know, four or five jackhammers down, and you're getting a little dangerously close to a bunker or like a water hazard or whatever, you make a, kind of a floating wrong turn. Like you said, you got the yips left turn. I mean, you can get in there pretty pretty easy. So, yeah. Other than that, Yeah. They're great. I think you have to sign a waiver every time you rent one at a golf course, which is uh, a good idea because they're they're not for the drunken professionals. Having said that, buy yourself one and get one hundred and fifty dollars off and use our coast and you and use our code and get have yourself a day out there. But yeah, kind of like a jet ski, dude. Like if 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 the fairway was ocean or a lake and you were waiting on the group in front of you and you had your golf clubs on a jet ski, you're going to freaking drive a jet ski around in a circle while you're waiting for the group in front of you. That's kind of like the, that's kind of like what that is. If you had a boat, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't drive a goddamn boat in a circle waiting for them, but you would drive right. a jet ski. So Think that's, about it. That's, that's what happens. We just came up with a great idea. Like what about, what if, what if someone built another one? Someone, so was, yeah. Some, what if someone built like a six hole golf course that was just land to land, but in between it was water. And you just jet skied Amazing. to each to each piece of land. I mean, obviously, you'd have to be a good golfer to play it because all of your golf balls would end up in the soup otherwise. But yeah, like your clubs strapped to the back of a jet ski and you're just, just winging jet ski everywhere. That'd be fun. Wow. Yeah. What an idea. What about like, yeah, what about like just with floater golf balls and you just have like midget clubs or, or kid clubs or whatever you want to call them and, and you're you playing polo it. you're playing polo on a jet yeah. ski you're, you're you're playing polo and if you don't like your lie you could just like cause a cool, cool wake or something <laughs> that'd be great that'd take a hell of an athlete actually you know look at like polo jet ski golf i mean man standing up and yep. gassing it at the same time those things are jumpy those jet skis man they throw you right off the back of one of those things i mean they're, they're jumpy but yeah, we don't have any yeah. discount codes for jet skis. I wish, maybe one day. Dude, they might have bring. They might have some on there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, those scooters are nails. Launch monitors. I mean, all that stuff. You guys check it out if you're if you're looking for some uh, for a cool new toy. Uh, check it out. Use the code. Use the code. Suck less at golf one fifty. Get yourself a nice little discount code there. Hey, the other thing that happened this week. Uh, I think we knew it. Like, I don't know because Golf Channel was like emergency press conference season. Oh my god, they're gonna let them play. But like. Augusta National guys that are exempt for the tournament that have been ex exempt since dinosaurs roamed the earth when the course opened in 1587 or whatever are allowed to 
play uh, the Masters, which means the live guys, the, the live guys that have won the Masters in the past or were exempt because of world rankings. I think there's 16 this year. Of course, they're going to play. Like, why would the Masters, why would Augusta National want a worse field? It's arguably, and I don't really like it when people say this, it's more it's more the worst field of all the majors because it's the smallest. It's not necessarily the worst. The best guys are still there. It goes without saying. It's just the smallest field, right? So guys are like, oh, easiest cut to make, easiest one. It's not the case. The best guys, the best guys are still there. Ask Rory if it's the easiest one to win. He'll tell you that's not true. Um, having said that, he'll probably win it next year. Who knows? So think about this, though. If they're making these 16 guys exempt to play the Masters, like, and their words were, we will refuse to modify our exemption criteria that we've had for a hundred million years, right? And that's that's warranted because that's it's been the same forever. But think about it: there's only like eighty guys, eighty five guys in the Masters every year. If those sixteen dudes weren't in the Masters, they wouldn't even need a cut. It'd be like sixty something players. They wouldn't even have a cut. Yeah. All of a sudden, Sandy Lyle, be a WGC. Sandy Lyle's playing on Sunday. You know, like that. That's that's what you would have had. So I kind of, I, I, I love it for one, because the Masters and Augusta National, they, they're on their own government. Like they, they, could, they run their own show. They don't listen to anyone. They don't have to listen to anyone. But don't you think that the other majors will follow suit after this? I do. The, the, you know, the Masters is the easiest for these guys to get into some of them because they've won it before. If you won it before, you've been in. It's just the way that it's always been. You know, some of these others, it won't be as easy. You know, Phil is dialed for years and years in the majors because he won the PGA not long ago. He's in the Masters forever. He's in the PGA for a long time. He's in the British Open until he's 60, I believe, because he won the British Open, obviously. Uh, U.S. Open has an exemption that comes with his Masters or whatever, his his PGA exemption as well. Um, but, dude... Can you, I mean, I want to see the pairings. Like, you got to put Cam, do you think they put Cam Smith and Rory together? Like, Cam Smith, I don't care what the rankings say, he's the second best player in the world. Like, you're, you're going to have to really convince me that he's not. And if he's not two, then he's like three, right? You can say Rory Scheffler. You can say Rory Scheffler, Cam Smith. I understand that there's guys right there too, Rom, whatever. But do you think they do the deal where they pair him? Because the British Open, I guess the Masters has been pretty traditional. Who does the British Open champ usually play with? Isn't it like a set pairing every single year? I know the USAM champ and defending Masters champ always play together with somebody. Maybe the British Open champ. Shit, I don't yeah, know. That's right. But do you think they stick with those traditional pairings? So I mean, yeah. is is is, uh, is it going to be Cam Smith, Scheffler, and then the kid that won the USAM or kid that won the USAM? I mean, that's that's pretty good. What do you do with Tiger and Phil? What if you pair Tiger and Phil together? Like, will it happen? I mean, I don't think so, but that would be pretty dope. You know, if that's if that's the case and they, they pair Cam Smith and Matt Fitzpatrick and the third member of that group would be an FTP co-host, Sam Bennett. Yeah. Um, would be the third oh, member Sam of that pairing. Sorry, Sam, you won the USAM. I forgot. God dang it. <laughs> we only had him on here like three the, months ago. <laughs> you're the man. Sorry. Freaking Aggies. I, I'll give you some credit. No, you're the man, Sam. Sorry about that. But I do. I, I think they stick with that. I, I don't think they waver from that. I mean, they're they're Augusta National, right? They they don't even want to change their golf course for time, right? They're definitely not going to change their uh, their pairings. But I speaking of changing the golf course, you see what they did to thirteen. Yep. What's your 
So for the people that don't know, because you've played there, you've played the Masters, you've led the Masters before, you've had the coat size envisioned in your brain. But for the people that don't know, I'll let you explain it. They added, I don't know how many yards, but 13 was roughly just over 500 yards, hard dog leg left. Now the hole is pushed back into what used to be, I think, Augusta Country Club property. What do you think that does to the hole? Does it make a difference? Is it better? Is it, who cares? Uh, for me, it's a, it's a who cares because I was never trying to take it left of that Creek or take it over the trees. I don't hit it high enough. And I certainly can't hit a high draw off the tee. So it's like, now nah, I don't fly a three wood far enough and I can't hit a high draw with the driver. So that's stupid for me. But, uh, what I really want to know about that transaction is they did not own that land a year ago. Okay. That extra 80 yards came from Augusta Country Club. And I would love yeah. to know what they paid price per square foot for that son of a bitch. It, it, they, they probably bought, I don't know, 100 yards total, maybe, of land from Augusta Country Club. But it had to have fucked up one of their holes because their golf course is right behind 13. If you've ever seen an aerial view, they've got holes on the other yeah. side of those trees. So they had to change their golf course for Augusta National to have this extra 100 yards. I would love to know what they paid for per square foot. That 100 yards had to have cost at least a million bucks. Well, and it's a great, Augusta Country Club is a great old school course. It's not like this is like a muni where they're like, yeah, do whatever you want, bro. We'll move our ball washer out of the way and delete a couple of trees and like move the tee box back. Dude, I heard, and this could be like fake news, but I heard it was like 6 million bucks or something crazy like that, man. What? Something like Something, yeah, something crazy like that. Because they don't, I don't think those two clubs like each other at all. Like at all. Wow. Six million dollars for that. I made up that number. I'm going to look it up and see. Maybe like the entire thing, right? Like the entire. They've been trying to buy it for years, bro. Well, that's, that's, if you can find that, that would be crazy. A a crazy number for for 100 yards of. (laughs) <laughs> of real estate in South Georgia. I love that though. That's true. I mean, they, they do hate each other. There was, I was playing practice rounds there in, uh, in the spring of 2013 before the masters. And you have to take a club caddy with you if you don't, uh, if you don't bring a guest, cause you, you can't, you can't bring a guest unless you play with the members. So I was, I had a club caddy been there 20 years and he was telling me all kinds of stories, uh, especially in Amen corner where, you know, people had been killed. Uh, people had had limbs cut off. Like there's cameras in the trees. Like there's fake trees that look like just like trees that are motion sensing cameras. There's like all kinds of crazy little nuances around Payment Corner um, that this local caddy was telling me that had been there forever. But yeah, it's six million dollars. Is I guess it's not ridiculous, but Augusta National has that times a hundred probably. And, um, it's going to be a driver for all those guys now, which, which makes it interesting. It's going to be a driver off that too. You're going to love this. You'll love this even more. So I guess the land was bought in 2017. So when it was in negotiations, um, golf week reported when it was in negotiations that the price for the amount of land that they purchased was guess, guess what they bought the land for. You're not going to believe it. Well, you won't get Tell me how big the land was. How much land was it? So. Did they tell you? No, they just said they purchased land to move the tee back 50 to 60 yards from Augusta Country Club. 
And right. I don't know how much it is, but it couldn't have been that. How much could it have really been? Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Like an acre at the most. Probably, yeah. At the most. I, I'd say for that acre, call it an acre. I'm going to guess like $2 million. They paid for that. According to this golf week reported, the 2017 purchase was around $25 million. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Most expensive acre ever sold. I mean, is it more expensive? It's like Manhattan. It's like yeah, they're in Manhattan. Like, yeah. That's like Central Park. <laughs> it's like buying a core, an acre in Central Park. My God. That's insane. <laughs> but they can do that kind of shit. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's their own government down there. Nobody, nobody has yeah. control of Augusta National and ACC. Like, you know, the, the most powerful people in the world are members there. So that's insane, though. $25 million. I wonder why they waited till this year to, to break ground. Yeah. Lengthen it from, yeah, they, they, they added. So they bought land from Augusta Country Club in 1970 to move the tee back from 480 to 510. Um, I, it doesn't say what that price was, but then they wanted to move it back another 50 to 60. And the purchase price for the land was around $25 million, according to Golf Week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that is There's crazy. A whole, I mean, that's what you can build. A brand, I mean, I can tell you because Red Feather or whatever, like you're building a brand new golf course with top of the line irrigation, dirt work, architect fees, paying operational costs, city permits. And then you have a little bit of ched left over. That's that's how much they spent to go back 50 yards straight, straight back on a tee. <laughs> it's not like they bought ocean. It's not like there's it's not like they got the mineral rights and they know there's a gusher underneath there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is that's wild. Twenty five million dollars. I was way off. Wow. Jesus Christ. I don't even know what to think about that. But that's a driver now. I mean, that's a driver. It makes that hole really tough off the tee, which historically it's been super easy. Right. Because if you if you get to feeling uncomfortable, you just blow it in the trees and maybe you have a clear shot still at the green in two. So now if you blow it in the trees right, you're going to have to lay up every time because you're not hitting a three wood over the corner of the other trees to a creek. So I think it's going to be cool to watch. Um, yeah. I, there is definitely no point of hitting it in that direction in 2013. And, and I never tried to cut the corner, but uh, everyone's yeah. going to be hitting driver. I don't know. See, uh, as a fan, I mean, I've been to the event. I haven't played the course tournament, obviously, which means I haven't played the course. But I was looking at when they did this, and I kind of knew, like, I didn't know these paid that much. But when they did this, I was looking at um, a couple of things. So I just, like, pulled up the scoring average because people on Twitter were, like, losing their mind. Oh, they brought back the integrity of the hole, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like that wasn't the easiest par five, like, scoring average-wise either. I mean, like you usually I think number eight is the easiest every single year. There's no hazards on it, so it makes sense. Like you there's guys that bogey eight, no one doubles it. You can still double fifteen and thirteen because just because there's hazards. But mm -hmm. I mean, guys are like, You want to see someone hit a pitching wedge in there? I was like, I don't no one wants to see that, but I want everyone to send it is what I want to have happen. Right. You know, like I want every person to freaking send it for sure. Would I rather have a couple guys have nine iron in there? And then everybody in the field sends it. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, you do. Because 15, and I think it was last year where the wind switched and they didn't move the tees because Scheffler was, I mean, he obviously played great and won, but 15 was into the wind and like two guys went for it the, right. whole, the whole round on Sunday. That sucks ass. 
Like mm-hmm. that's not as a fan, that's not what you want to watch. Scheffler, obviously a deserving guy, but you want to see guys make it like Eagle was out of play on if, if two guys are going for the green Eagles out of play. Like, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, the two guys that are going for the green, like I, I promise, you know who they are. They're guys that freaking send it. And they probably didn't have seven iron in if they were the only two guys yeah. going for it. Right. There's uh there's, the most boring Masters winner that I can remember in in our lifetimes never went for a par five and two at Augusta National and won the Masters. Um, Zach Johnson, like I'm not saying like Zach is a boring golfer. I think yeah, Zach's probably one of the more boring golfers, but it's boring. It is boring to watch a winner lay up on a par five sixteen times, especially when the golf course is built for risk reward. That's why they built this place. That's why Bobby Jones built and then built this place. It's 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 built so you can take those chances and reap the rewards. Like that's why I like 15 so much there is that guys can come in there with a 5 wood off of a I mean it's probably 40 feet down that green from the top of the hill, but you can stop a 5 wood on that green if you hit it right. Um and then you guys got coming in there with 6 irons, 3 woods. Like they'll hit it at it even though there's water cuz you could make an eagle. And those little, uh, I never got one. I got really close on Saturday. I lipped out an eagle putt um, on 15, actually. But those little crystal goblets they give you for making eagles oh, out yeah. there. The, the water the water for crystal or whatever. Yeah, they do that shit. So people, like, it's it's a little bitty memento, but they want people, they're encouraging people to go yeah. for it. You know, not so you can get a crystal goblet, but it's part of the deal, right? I mean, you... You want to go for it. You want to pull it off. It's the Masters. You want to make a hero shot, blah, blah, blah. And if you pull the, start pulling these tees back 100 yards, nobody's going to go for it. Yeah, that's my whole deal with 13. Like, I don't want guys to be on the edge of not going for it other than go for it. Yardage-wise, a majority of the guys, especially the guys in contention, are going to be able to send it. But you're right. Like, another guy that comes to mind, I mean, I think, I think Zach Johnson won that tournament at over par. I think it was like the first in my lifetime I can remember over par Masters winner. It was right around even. Maybe it was just really cold. Yeah, it's cold, shitty, like perfect Zach Johnson conditions. He's just a ball striker. But Mike Weir, same deal. I think he was laying up all over the place mm-hmm. and won that one year. And, dude, you want to see a guy, I mean, you want like Nicholas 86 stuff, like Eagle on 15 right. type situation, and then some guy can bogey it. If everybody's laying up on 15, I get you could probably spin it back in the water, but more than likely guys are pouring it. So wedge Mm -hmm. masters is not meant to be a wedge fest. Like it's distance related. I mean, bombers obviously do well there, but at the same time, they're rough. The course is set up to run the fairways to run out where guys can, guys can still reach it. Like if they can hit it decently long, they can still freaking get rewarded for going for it. Right. Like when we played, dude, I took full advantage of the practice round policy. It was like, once you get your invitation in the mail, you can go. And I was one of the first qualifiers for the next year because I qualified at the U.S. Open the year prior. So I got my invite like this time. It was around Christmas time. And then I went in January, February, March, and then April. I went every month. And I'll tell you, like I tell this to everybody, no one believes me. That son of a bitch is harder in February and March than it is in the tournament. And it's not close. It is two to three shots harder leading up to the tournament than it is tournament week. I had four iron into 18. Uh, in February. And then I had eight iron to a back pin on Thursday of the tournament. It's just slow, wet, yeah. windy, hard. Like 
very hard golf course. I think I shot 80 the first time around it, and I had nothing but long irons into every one of those little ass greens. And then tournament rolls around, and all of a sudden it's hot, and the ball's running 40 yards. There's no rough, like you said. And how many majors are you going to play where there's no rough? Maybe you'll play yeah. a PGA Championship at like Kiowa, but you know there's going to be a little bit of rough, and there's like obviously that weird tall hay shit. But Masters is it. Like you get to bomb it. It's a bomber's paradise. Why these guys, you know, Bubba Watson's won the damn thing twice. You know, yeah. uh, it, it just caters to to that kind of player. Well, that overseed too, dude. Like I'm sure in the winter they keep it long because they want to scalp it early spring and get it firm and fast. So it's like just wet, wet longer. Yeah, because like people, when you see those photos of Augusta National, like during the summer or whatever, I mean, for it's closed in the summer, but. Like when it's regular Bermuda compared to the overseed, it's like unrecognizable. Right. I think that Eureka Earth or whatever does does stuff like that. But I don't know, man. It's pretty cool. Like I think the biggest change, I mean, it's just distance on 13. I get it. I'd like to see 12 go back a little farther. Like that hole is so dirty anyway. And it's such a guessing game through the, through the, I mean, dude, Hogan, back in the day, guys were hitting six irons there. Can you imagine if they brought that thing back mm-hmm. to six iron length? There'd be three groups on the tee. And there's always carnage <laughs> on that hole. Yeah. If you imagine if it was 195. They moved 11 back uh, three or four years ago. And 11's long now. Those dudes are coming in there with long irons. They haven't really touched 12 ever, I don't think. I don't think they've ever no. touched 12. Yeah. Um, they've got massive grandstands behind it now. When I played, there was just seats, and but there's there's a shitload of people behind that tee box, and it's it's the weirdest thing standing on that tee on the weekend at at the Masters, and there being ten thousand people around that hole, and you can't hear a thing. It is the weirdest feeling because at regular you play regular events, you play the Phoenix Open, like there's. 15,000 people around them are 16, but it's loud and there's background noise. So you don't really get too nervous, but you're, you're walking up from 11 green to 12 T you're walk, making that hundred yard walk up there. And all you see is this sea of people and you can hear them too. It's, it's kind of loud. But then once you step on the T box, dude, it's like a politeness thing. Everyone shuts up, not a sound. You can hear birds chirping and there's 10,000 people, right? Like 10 feet from you. It is the weirdest thing because you don't experience it in any other tournament you know they call them patrons for reasons not not fans but uh there's a lot of augusta national little nuances uh like that yeah you probably knew it you probably knew it because you know golf stuff but the pine trees they cut on the outsides they leave the branches on the inside and they cut the outside so they'll start growing inward towards the hole did you know that I, i didn't know that no yeah they'll cut the outside branches so they start leaning inward on on the holes um, they also that's have wild. a tree farm that's just as big as the golf course. And they have every single tree that's on TV at Augusta national, they have replicated at the tree farm. So if it falls <laughs> down, if it falls down or whatever, they put a new one there. that was just like it. Like it, it's insane. It really is that all the wrappers of the food and you know this cause you've been there, but it's all green. So if it falls and yeah. like gets in the fairway, it's the same color as the fairway. So on TV, you don't see a, you know, a tissue paper rolling across the uh, the green. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, no just, labels. Just, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. It's shit's yeah. cheap. It's like the, it's it's yeah. wild. Like the beer says domestic or import, but like the you're when you're there, you're like, shit. I wonder what it is. Like because you yeah. don't know. It's not Bush. like oh, the beer's an import. It's like take our word for it. It's a freaking import. Maybe M- 
maybe like it's their own secret recipe, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's gotta be Bud Light or Coors Light or Miller Light or one of those. Maybe it's regular Budweiser. I have no idea. Maybe it's Schlitz. I don't know. But like the import, I mean, it's just, and then the import cups were green and it's like a dollar more, but it's cheap. Everybody talks about cheap. It is, it is. The other thing I thought was cool is like the first day that I got there, whatever, we went early, like right when it opened, you're not allowed to run, but you can like speed walk and put your chair down. But if you're not in your chair, anyone can sit there. Like, it's just like, that's your chair. And a lot of people have like a card because they have the same looking chair, but anyone can sit in your chair if you're not there. And if you show up, the people just leave. So if you're like on 16 and like, there's usually you get to like one of the first groups there will on 16, there will only be like 20% of people in the chairs because they're somewhere else mm-hmm. and you get there, anybody could sit there, but like, you know, by the middle of the day, that's someone else's chair. So they're like, yeah, that's my seat. So you just, you're like, Hey man, that's my seat. They're like, all right, see you later. Peace out. And they just leave. So that's pretty cool. And then they mow the fairways. Don't they mow fairways in or some? Yeah. They, I mean, you'll, you'll see it every year. They do it on golf channel every year. They got the, the team of mowers that are staggered and there's 10 of them going down the fairway. One, 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 one stripe and they're done. What's up for the people fam? We're super excited to have Gooder Sunglasses as a sponsor for the entire year. Gooder Sunglasses, every pair 25 to 35 bucks, 100% UV protective, 100% polarized, and they make great golf specific lenses. They make brighter lenses. They make a dark lens called Back Nine Blackout. That's my favorite for multiple reasons. So go ahead and head to www.goodr.com insert code FTP 15. That'll get you a nice little discount. Also free returns within 30 days, one year warranty, free shipping over 50 bucks. So go ahead, get yourself a couple pair of gooders and have a day. Hey guys, we all know golf is hard, but looking good on the course definitely doesn't have to be. Our guys at Live Forever Golf promote a comfortable lifestyle on and off the golf course. They've got polos, golf shorts, Five pocket performance pants, outerwear, activewear, a bunch of cool t-shirts, bunch of cool hats. You can go to liveforevergolf.com. And remember, remember, it's for the player, not the game. So use code NAILS20 to get yourself 20% off. Liveforevergolf.com. Their nails. Check them out. Well, that's funny you talked about the speed walking thing. I, on Sunday, I played so bad on Saturday that I got the reward of uh, being the first one out on Sunday. It was me and Rio Ishikawa. If you remember, remember Rio, yeah. the, the bashful prince. Um, but we were out there before the sun comes up. And then if you're hitting balls on that range, there's a gate at the farther end of the range right there where they let all the, the patrons in. It's right where they do the golf channel, like live from the masters. It's just to the left of that. And so when you get there, there's no one there. If you're first off, it's just you and your caddy and a couple of volunteers. Or I don't, they must be members. I don't, I don't think you can volunteer or work the masters, but they let the gates open and you'll see it. You'll see the gate go like this and it opens. And then all it is is a speed walking contest. It looks like Olympic yeah. speed walking by everybody. They got <laughs> they got their arms and their legs like moving as fast as they can yeah. without running. And it's it's like a wave of speed walkers uh, going past you right there down the range. But it, it's fucking funny to watch. Um, but yeah. there's there's all little nuances like that. 
I don't know yeah. why you can't run, but you're not allowed to freaking run. <laughs> yeah, they all got their walk. little chair on there. They got their chair strapped to their back and they're speed walking. It's just yeah. funny. What we if they're like, if you're over three, if you're over three bills, you can run. If you're a certain <laughs> weight, you have to speed walk. And they have like literal races, like the volunteers. I don't know. I mean, let let the bigger dudes freaking sweat it out and, and run as fast as they can. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, that's 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 crazy. But yeah, we were talking about the get whatever the live guys not getting banned. Uh, we all knew that wasn't going to happen. But the other majors, what are they going to do? I mean, at some point, if they don't get world ranking points, the live guys they're going to phase their way out of this automatic qualifying stuff, like right, you know, top fifty in the world and 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 all this other shit. So at some point, that'll work its way out, where they just won't if they don't want to change or. We'll see what ends up happening. I mean, I think a lot of it might be how many guys convert next year to. I mean, I, I can't. I still can't believe how many guys switched over. Like you knew that DJ and some of these guys were going to go over there, but there's way more people I think than anybody thought. There's plenty of good guys on the PGA Tour, plenty. But like the first live event, I mean, it wasn't a joke. The field, but people were like, "Oh yeah, this guy, you know, he hasn't made a cut on tour and whatever." And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Shit, there's." only 48 guys in the field and 22 are in the top 50 or whatever. So mm-hmm. if they start paying bucks and get super heavy hitters to come over, I don't know. They're going to just have to, they're going to have to switch and have figure some world ranking thing out. But as golf fans, we want to see Rory and Cam Smith like head to head. I mean, that's right. what we want to, that's what we want to see. Like you want to see, you want to see DJ, you want to see, you know, Neiman and, uh, all, whatever all these all these super young guys play against rom and all this other stuff so um we'll see man we'll get to see it at the masters that'll be the first event that we know all of those guys are playing together there was some dp world stuff where there was crossover this australia stuff crossover but like we know they're all going to be there so tensions will be high and everything else but yeah that'll be fun i can't wait for the day where the tensions aren't high like as with anything, time's going to heal the wounds, right? I mean, it's just one of these, one day it's just going to, no one's going to care anymore. And you play this tour, you play this tour. We don't care. We practice at the same club. We're going to go have beers later. It doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, it, you're an entertainer in between the majors. That's what you are. You're an entertainer in between the majors because the majors is how everybody bases a golf career off of, right? What was your record in majors? That's all they care about if you're an elite player. The PGA Tour is an entertainment league. So is the Live Tour. They're entertainers in between the big events, right? That's it. That's literally it. There's the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup, four majors, Olympics. Then you have entertainment. Nobody gives a shit who won the Greater Hartford Open 20 years ago. Or the damn, no offense to the Valero, no offense to the damn Valero, but no one gives a shit if you won that 10 years ago. I couldn't tell you who won in 2012. Don't know. Like, But I could tell you who won the 2012 U.S. Open. Like that's that's the difference. You're an entertainer in between the majors. I I can't wait for this shit to stop. I'm it's so sick of talking about the, the damn sixth grade drama between the two tours. Uh, it's got to stop. You know, like the whole Billy Horschel thing this year. We're talking shit, to people to Ian Poulter on the damn putting green, and like there's nothing that's going to happen. They're golfers. These dudes aren't going to throw fists on the practice putting green. We know that. So we see this stuff happen and we're like, oh, wow, golfers arguing because it never happens. And then nothing happens, right? There has been a rumor about Billy Horschel. There has been. Not confirmed. This is not confirmed. Definitely a rumor. Oh, God. 
what is you this going to be? Going. Jesus, you know, you know, no, where, I don't. You, know I don't. Yeah, you, you told don't. me about it. You told me about it. No, there's no way I told you about it. I don't know about, anything about that guy. About him wanting Somebody to go to live. Was, you told me that. Oh, me, uh, no, I don't. I don't know if I did. Somebody must have told you about it, though. Maybe he did want to go to live. Shit, I don't know. You told. You told. You literally told me he got turned down. Billy. Was, Billy. Yeah. I don't. Like, like maybe I was intoxicated. Ago. Maybe I was talking about Billy Madison. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. About, All right, there yeah, we go. That's know. standard FTP I'm stuff. Gonna, we have no idea. Yeah, I'm going to call fake news on myself if I did say that. Uh, yeah. Maybe he did. Shit, I have no idea. Maybe. Maybe he did. Call him and find out. So maybe that's um, a lot of his hate for this thing is because he got turned down. I don't know. That's a rumor. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a rumor. Apparently, I started when I really didn't. So. Billy Madison, if you're listening, <laughs> um, dude, listen to this. They spent uh, 70, $70 million the last three years buying property. It says the Nash did. God. So they bought that piece from Augusta Country Club. They bought like half of a shopping center that people just park their car in and meet and so they can talk on their cell phone because no sellies at Augusta National. You will get that thing confiscated and never get allowed back. So they, they just spent $70 million bucks buying rando... Uh, Rando parking lots and a little piece of uh, Augusta Country Club. Yeah, I saw that they bought this old beater house that's been there sixty years, and this like sweet old lady lived there, and they'd been offering her because it was right next to the club, and they'd been offering her millions of dollars for it for years, and she she kept saying no, kept saying no, kept saying no. Then one year, they like tripled it, and she she sold it, and it was the last house that they needed for. I think it was for that reason, for a parking lot or. For a yeah. gate or or something, but yeah, they never are buying land. It seems to add to the golf course until thirteen. Until thirteen, that was the first land that they acquired that I believe that was because of a golf course change. Which I just don't see they're going to them doing that. You know, maybe once every ten years they'll they'll change the golf course, but they do it so fast. That's the thing, like. We saw these aerial photos of this happening, and then two days later, it was done, like completely done. They they did that in seemed like a week, and I guarantee you, in April, when we fire up our tubes and turn on the masters, you're not going to notice. You're like there's going to be fully grown azalea bushes, <laughs> pine trees that look like they've been there a hundred years over the tee box, and you won't notice that it was completely redone in the last four months. So. You know that house you were talking about, and this can be confirmed. You can start this rumor by me because it's actually true. Dude, you know the, that the house that was for sale, that was Scott Brown's grandparents' house. They were the last people to sell it. No way. That was Scott, yeah, that's oh, his, that was his grandparents' house that he, like, whatever, lived in, grew up in, all that other stuff. So, oh, yeah, that was damn. their house. I don't know what they ended up. I don't know what they ended up. Uh, um, <laughs> how much they ended up paying for it or whatever. but. As of like 2020 or something, I think they they still had it, but it was one house in the middle of this like abandoned parking lot, literally a parking lot. They said Augusta National spent $40 million buying these houses and then burning them to the ground. And it's just so people could park in a gravel parking lot like next to the next to the deal. But I don't know. Their house was the last one. Hopefully they got a few million bucks for it. That would be freaking sweet. They were uh, they were in their 80s or something, I think. But dude, how how crazy is that, man? Yeah, I can't believe that. We're gonna have to get Brownie on here and uh, have him bring that up. Brownie's an FTP guy. He'd come on. He's one of Kisner's best friends. Uh, yeah, him and Kisner yeah. would be great together on here, actually. Yeah, I want to know what they sold it for. 
Yeah, because like they started buying them up in like the the, the mid to the like 2010s, they started buying them up. And it was saying like they paid like 150 to 200,000. I mean, these were like older modest homes or whatever. And like they were the last one there. So they probably hung out for, they probably hung in there for a few million bucks. I mean, except for all the parking in their front yard during master season, it was probably pretty peaceful out there most <laughs> of the year. Yeah, it probably was. I mean, think of all the like your grandkids, think of Brownie like, growing up there and I mean, there's tons of room because you're living in the middle of a parking lot. Like that's, that's a hell of a deal to run around on there. That can backfire though. That plan of like sticking it out and being the last one on and to get the most money can backfire. You, there's a guy that lives by TCU up here and TCU has been doing the same thing for years that small campus, but they've been growing. They need more parking. And <laughs> they bought this, this house, this street, I think it was Lubbock Avenue. I think it is what it was. And they, they were buying up every, every house on Lubbock Avenue to block it off, make a parking lot. And so they bought every house, every house on the street, except for this one dude wouldn't sell to him. And TCU made an offer. They made a bigger offer. They made a bigger offer. And then finally, they said to hell with it. He could just live there. And so now, now TCU won't buy it. He's been begging them to buy it. He, they won't buy it. And he lives in the middle of this parking lot. And all of these students like park around him. And he's just surrounded. Like That's a backfire because TCU doesn't want it now. And now if he puts it on MLS, no one's going to want to buy it. So yeah, I mean, you stick it out long enough and then you're a complete dumbass if you don't, if you don't sell it at one point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I, I would like. I don't know, dude. I would get it in like, if I would paint it in like Baylor colors or something with a big bay, I would do something so obnoxious where they would have to buy it. Like the roof, like the chimney was a giant dick or something like to the, <laughs> to the heavens where they're like, God, we got to get that eyesore. We got to get that thing out of here, man. Or like, I would, I mean, I went to TCU, but I would write like TCU sucks on my roof and all. I don't know what I would do. I would do something where people were like, all right, we, we got to sell this. We have to sell this. This guy, we got to buy this from this guy. This is getting out of hand here. Yeah. Oh, you just spotlight, gotta be- spotlight laser show every night or just some <laughs> magical adventure. Yeah. There's got to be a point where this dude, I think he's a professor, actually. I think he's like a TC professor or something. But yeah, you're right. Like the only way to get that thing that son of a bitch sold is if you put like a giant Mustang on top, like a lit up SMU Mustang and plays their fight song every night or loud or so. I don't know. I don't know. That's got to be a way yeah. to do it. But he hadn't gone about yeah. it right. What else? We've been on a master's yeah, kick and a, and a damn uh, yeah. bullshit kick for 45 minutes. Is there anything like actually realistic we need to talk about here before we before we go? <laughs> no. I mean, it's crap. Oh, dude, we can we could talk about uh, Tiger and, and Charlie. Like, Charlie, uh, that's right. I'm not going to laugh. Right. I'm not going to laugh at like anyone's injuries at all because tiger we love tiger like tiger was actually swing looked great looking good but like charlie it looked like he was shot like by a sniper or something did you see his legs uh, like spin out on that shot i was like what is happening and then he does a he does a hard fist pump but like on a a, a pirate peg leg or something like fist pump dude i'm like bro yeah. this poor kid who knows he might have torn his acl i have no idea what freaking have, might have a torn Achilles. I have no idea what happens, but he's like, yeah, I'm just going to put on a tennis shoe so I can spin out of it still. I was like, dude, that was, I mean, and kids are, I get kids are dramatic. I mean, some adults are super dramatic, uh, but I was like, I was watching that. I was like, what is, what is happening, man? This dude is like, this poor kid just, it looks like, I mean, he just got snipered from 300 yards away and he's trying to limp in and finish the round here. I mean, God dang. <laughs> How much of that do you think was fluff? 
I don't. I mean, I don't think. I think he was hurt. I I, I promise. I promise you. But like, it, it looked to me like it was super. I mean, you can't walk. Like, if you have a torn Achilles, I'm kind of. I'm kidding. No. You can't walk if you have a torn Achilles. Like, that's like NBA stuff. Like, you're out for you know 18 months or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, man. He might have like sprained his ankle or <laughs> twisted his ankle. Yeah. I mean. You know he's got to have some tough DNA. His dad won the goddamn U.S. Open with a broken leg. Sure. So, but think so, about I mean, it. What's he like, 13, yeah. 13 or 14, right? 13? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He looks strong, too. He yeah, did look I mean, strong. Shit. He looked way bigger than last year. But like when you're 13, I remember being 13 and playing golf. There's like nothing that was going to keep me off of the golf course. Nothing. Like, and, and even in yeah. tournaments and, and all that, like I wasn't about to stop my swing halfway down. Did you see that? Did you see that he stopped oh, yeah. to swing halfway down? Oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, no full-grown professional athlete, best in the world in the PGA Tour, can even do that. I don't even think Tiger actually did that in his prime. I think he was setting himself up and was like, all right, I'm going to stop this one halfway and pretend like I did it. You know, I don't think anyone can actually do that in real life if you're going to hit a ball at full speed without without tearing your arm off. Like, I really just don't think that's possible. So. That when he did that, when he did that, like halfway stop down, like he was going to hit it full speed and then stop. I'm like, oh man, this is just all fluff. This entire thing, this is just one big act, you know. And it's not like I'm not trying yeah. to knock on Charlie, but he's not a world beater. He's not like his dad. His dad had won like a hundred times by the time he was 13. Well, yeah, Charlie, you can. I don't even think you can compare. I mean, no, you can't you compare can't. anyone to but Tiger everybody as a is. junior, though. But everybody yeah. is, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On no, social right. media. That's yeah, the thing. Right. Like, everybody's, to, oh, how many majors is Charlie going to win? Charlie can't even yeah. win his age group in these tournaments that he's going to. Like, you got to pump the brakes here a little bit. I mean, you're, first of all, it's got to be impossible to be his kid. It's got to be impossible to be Tiger Woods' son. For one, he does a good job with it. But two, man, he's yeah. he's not like killing everyone out there. Yeah. Uh, just I, pump the brakes on I the major talk. No, no, I think I think he can though. Like, I think the most awkward age, like for me, since you know, whatever you and I played golf since we were younger. But for me, like the most awkward age to see how somebody if they're really good is like thirteen, fourteen years old. I think that because you're that's when your body's like you literally are growing like three inches a year. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just think that's a weird age to size somebody up. Like there's guys that were when you're like 10, whatever, some kids are just bigger than, but like when you're 13, 14, but by the time you're like a freshman in high school, then you can like size guys up again. Really think really a a lot. I mean, I, I really think so. Like if I was, I mean, shit, that's when you start recruiting. That's when you start recruiting college golfers now, man. Like you're going, I mean, if you're, if you're a college coach, Petey, Petey's the next TCU college coach. You're looking at freaking freshmen, dude. I know that sounds crazy, sure. but like, yeah. you know, c- college men's golf, especially doesn't have many scholarships. Like you got to size guys up like right then. Yeah. 13, 14. I'm like, ah, whatever. Intangible, you know, things that they might have feel size, speed. Maybe they get their scores under control, tournament experience, all this other stuff. But I mean, I don't know, dude, when you're like little, like whatever, I'll play catch with Jojo and I'll throw him a BB football and it'll ricochet off his fingers and hit him in the head and he'll scream for 10 seconds like he was sniper rifled in Vietnam. And then, you know, 30 seconds later, he's back running patterns again, right? right. Like yeah. you don't see a 13 a year old. I mean, if, if that happens and you're a 15, like the kid's probably got like a detached eye socket or something, right? Like <laughs> it's a different it's like a different scenario. It's a different deal. Right. But for him, yeah, I, I don't know, man. He was he was banged up. Oh, God. So you, you actually think he was a little bit hurt 
Uh, and, and he might, he probably was a little, bit, hurt, a little bit, but for them to both be wearing the same thing, playing the same clubs in the same golf cart with the same injury, I was like, this is too fucking coincidental. <laughs> like, yeah. Too coincidental. Um, but anyway, I'm, that's just kind of how my stupid brain operates anyway. But if I'm a college coach and I'm recruiting Charlie Woods, right. And, and obviously he's probably going to go to Stanford probably going to go play for Tiger's old teammate uh, at Stanford. And, you know, I don't want to say like PGA Tour kids, they get handouts to college golf teams, but that's really effectively what happens is uh, great PGA Tour players, not even great, like good PGA Tour players, wherever they played at school, if they have a son and he's a scratch golfer, he's going to be gifted at least a walk-on spot on his dad's college team. That's what happens. Oh, for sure. So so there's really no point in these college coaches even recruiting Charlie. I think it's already a done deal. He's going to go to Stanford. Um, but you you brought up the point of, of recruiting. And yeah, these kids are getting looked at at 14, 15 years old. Hard. Like if you're winning tournaments and shooting under par at 14, 15 years old from 7,000 yards, pretty good chance you're going to be, be an ass kicker four years down the road. Um, so yeah, but but these kids... These kids that, you know, play with play with all this fluff and, and uh, he's been in front of a camera, not his whole life like his dad, but a lot of it. And I just think it, it's going to be it's going to be hard for him. Like, I'd, I'd hate to be Charlie Woods. I'd hate to be Tiger Woods kid. That's got to be it's got to be a lot of unwanted pressure on a developing 14 year old. And I kind of like how Tiger was, was talking about midterms being more important than practicing. You saw that quote. Tiger was like, yeah, he had midterms. Yeah. He hadn't been practicing. You know? So Tiger gets it. Tiger obviously gets it. And he, he puts it in perspective really well. He's not going to push him like Earl Woods did to him. Um, but he's going to just let him run with his talent, see how far it takes him. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're want to, I mean, if he wants to be a doctor, there's a lot of pressure on him because he's Tiger's kid. If he wants to play on the PGA Tour, there's a shitload of pressure right. on him, right? Because like expectations are like, you know, through the roof. I mean, if I'm a college coach and Charlie Woods has the slightest of interest in joining my program, like I'm like, I, w- I would do everything I could on the planet to get him on my squad. I mean, just the recognition, the sponsorship, like all this NIL stuff. I mean, all it does is massive stuff for your program. I mean, right. for sure. As long as you know, it's like, Hey bro, we're going to qualify, you know, whatever, all this other stuff, but he's has any interest at all. I mean, it's only, only a huge benefit, but yeah, I, you know, dude, it sounds like he practiced a lot on his own too. I mean, I, I don't know. But on the other side of that, and, and whatever, I'd love to see him on the PJ Tour. Would have made it. That'd be badass. But on the other side of that, John Daly and little John Daly, I mean, that was pretty epic. Like, like little John is, he's a better golfer than his dad is right now. I would probably guess he beats him more than big JD beats, beats the little guy. Um, but Daly, you know, he is not, have you played with Daly before? Yeah. PD? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, I don't know, man. He was in that category where I ended up playing with him quite a bit on, on corn Ferry and then a, a little bit on the PGA tour. And he doesn't practice and warm up that much anyway. So they were making a big deal that he showed up like 20 minutes before. And I'm like, have, has anyone followed this guy's career? Right. Like that's, that's, that's more than he usually, <laughs> that's more. The first time I played with him was in Pittsburgh at a corn Ferry tour event. And he literally went from the car to the first tee. So that's less than 20 minutes thousand percent he didn't hit a putt he didn't hit a ball he hit a duck hook off the first tee it wasn't even a duck hook it was a high hook that was a t- 10 miles left into a creek 
to start off his ride. He's like, sorry, bro. I just didn't hit any balls. I was like, you don't have to apologize to me. I'm like playing against you. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> like whatever. But, but he, uh, you know, he's limping along smoking skigs, like, you know, Mickey D's diet Coke. And then he's like, my knees jacked up. Well, like, I didn't even realize that he had, guy had a freaking knee replacement the next morning. Right. Like he had a knee replacement the morning after, yeah. after they played. Like an entire, a full knee. Like that's crazy. He, he got an entire brand new yeah. knee the next day. Yeah. 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 His son does have a good move. Plays at Arkansas for, in my opinion, one of the best head coaches in all of college golf, Brad McMakin. Brad McMakin's a hell of a coach at Arkansas. But uh, yeah, little JD, it's got to be fun to have him on the team that the Hooters NIL stuff. And like, <laughs> I mean, he's 18, so he can't even go into Hooters and like drink beer with his NIL money. But um, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, J- little JD, big JD, hell of a week last week. JD. Probably needs to come on FTP at some point. We, we got to figure out a way to get him on. Yeah, I mean, talk about pressure. Like, like you know, Charlie, Charlie trying to be Tiger is serious pressure. But Little John trying to be John Daly—that's that's the hardest pressure in the world. Could you imagine like all the booze you'd have to delete and skigs you'd have to smoke if you were trying to be a clone, yeah. <laughs> hitting it far? This guy on the PGA Tour winning majors like out of left field—it's like, <laughs> like it's pretty. I mean, he's going to have to be a str- I mean, what is John's got to be like, dude? I mean, what he John Daly knows what it takes, but he's like, what do I tell my son? He's like, I, you know, because I was like deleting Jack Daniels out of a styrofoam walking down crooked stick the last hole and I won. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell him if he's under pressure. I can't tell him to drink a fifth of Jack walking down the fairway. Like, what the hell do I do? That might be like, the I just work on your swing, man. That might, might be the reason that he warmed up for 20 minutes before the last round. He was trying to finally you know, set a good example for his son. Cause, cause if, cause if it was just him, you know, he'd, he would have done the same thing. Oh. He just would have rolled from the car. Oh. But that's what I said. I, someone was made a huge deal of 20 minutes before. And I, I commented, I was like, what's the extra 10 minutes for? Like I never, yeah. same thing. I never saw him warm up, never saw him practice, do any of that. He's probably one of the more talented people to ever play the game. I really think so. Like just natural ability with, with uh, hand eye yeah. coordination. I've seen him like there's videos of him chipping in one handed, holding a drink barefoot like smoking like the, the dude the dude just has freakish hands um but I, that's it for me I, I don't have anything else no no i was gonna say like no i was gonna say he's like bubba though like he bubba i mean how how the hell do you warm up when your sandwich hooks 40 yard 20 yards right you don't just you just go hook i can hook a 20 yard sandwich on command like maybe that's what I should do on every single shot. I don't know, but like, how do you practice that? You just get your muscles loose, I guess. Yeah. The hardest practice ever is like you're trying to hit straight seven irons. Well, shit, that's hard. Mm-hmm. These guys just get up there and curve it. Like if they're not in the best shape, sometimes they don't give a shit. It's all hand-eye coordination stuff. Like Daly's like a right-handed bubba. He bombs it and he curves it all over the place. He's got great touch around the green, just like you said. But anyway, Merry Christmas season. Christmas, Hanukkah, holidays, all that stuff. I'm going to the TCU game. Uh, got a little college football action coming up, but yeah, we'll sh- we'll shoot a new pot at him. That's it. Left. Tell them a bit. Tell them again about. Tell the people again about our uh, sponsor here, so they can buy themselves a scooter, launch monitor, or jet ski. Scooter, launch monitor, jet ski, whatever you want. Flight scopes, uh, nets, those big ass full swing simulators, everything you need. BighornGolfer.com. Suck less at golf. 150 is your code. That's another FTP. We'll see you all next week.